Hey there, Wild and Willie Wordsmith here, Barbara Allen, coming at you again. Spoke the other day a little bit about the about the uh, the shrinking dynamic that white Christians now have here in this country. They're no longer the majority, and it got me to thinking because one of the other things I note, it noted was that the white Christians had dropped down to forty-three percent of the population in this country. 70% of the population still, for the most part, identified itself as Christian, which means that 30, what is that, 37%, no, 27%, yeah, 27% of the population is non-white Christians. And it just got me to thinking of the difference between the two, and there is a big difference, there really is, you know. But more than that, it got me to wondering, just thinking about the dynamic of the oppressed taking on the religion of the oppressor. And you kind of wonder why. Why? Why are there such strong Christian communities amongst ethnic minorities in this country? Because Christianity has been used against them so decisively, really. But, I mean, I, I guess I have to take the, the example both of slavery and of, of the Mission Indians of California who, by the, who were taken by the Spaniards. The children were ripped away from their families and raised, you know, in orphanages. And so they never got to, they never got to be exposed to their culture, to their language, to their history, their mythology. And so, of course, they all became Catholics. They'd never known anything different. And I suppose it's the same with the African slave that came to the United States you know, Christianity was the only thing they were offered because, again, children were ripped away from families. Their practices were forbidden. For those that remembered their religious practices, they were forbidden. And most of them didn't remember them after a couple of generations. And so, you know, African mythology, African cultural religion and history and what have you was all lost. And And yet it still strikes me that I would hope that given the same circumstances, I would absolutely refuse to be a part of that religion now. In fact, it's probably part of the reason why I currently am so, well, not so much anti-Christianity, but I don't care much for Christians, most of them. I have some friends, plenty of friends that are, but for the most part, by and large, I just don't, you know, Christianity just ain't my thing. And part of it, as it turns out, might be genetic, might be some sort of genetic memory, because my ancestry, it turns out, descends from Jews expelled from Spain back in 1492, who, you know, changed their names, changed their identity, fled across borders, etc., etc., fled persecution of the Catholic Church. And that, you know, many of the family members did indeed succumb to the tortures of the Catholic Church and their Inquisition. So, I'm not real big on Catholics. Lutherans didn't do much better by the Jews when they were in Germany back in the 30s and 40s. So, not running off to join a Lutheran church anytime soon. The religion I was raised in, Mormon, and walked away from... Uh, it took till what, like 1978 before they decided blacks were human enough to hold the priesthood? 
And that was just because there was a whole lot of money they could be making down there in Brazil. And race is a little more ambiguous down there. So rather than trying to figure out who was a 16th, who was an 8th, who qualified as a human and who didn't, they finally backed off. Might have helped that the... Uh, the, the, those 14 football players from from Wyoming might have put a burr in their hat, but uh, we'll talk about that story another day. They're the guys who Colin Kaepernick's shoulders, or who, who Colin Kaepernick's shoulders, it, let me start this over. Those are the guys whose shoulders are supporting Colin Kaepernick now. That's He's standing on their shoulders, these 14 black college athletes from Wyoming. But back to my point. I don't understand, it does, doesn't make sense for me for them to take on the religion of the oppressed. I just, I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I you know, when you have nothing else, you got to take what you can get. I, I get that. But uh, we are finally reaching critical mass. It'll be interesting to see what happens to that non-white... United States non-white Christian dynamic. What 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 those numbers are going to drop down to now that you know, say down south, the Baptist Church, the only thing that's been keeping you from being from being lynched and oppressed for the last you know 150 years, uh, that relevance will maybe maybe finally start to drop. It'll be interesting to see if those religious numbers drop accordingly. Because I, as a mixed-race stewpot of an American, I ain't got nothing to do with that, that kind of an oppressive religion. And don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm getting rid of the join Islam or, or convert back to Judaism either. Uh, I don't like religion much at all. But uh, I just really find it striking that you would join the religion that uses its doctrine to persecute you. It's just a really odd dynamic. And I don't get it. I mean, I know, I know, I know. You, you, you get forced into it, maybe. I mean, that's not the ones I'm talking about, you know. If you, know, if you don't have a choice to join the religion, death or the religion, of course. It's kind of like what happened to the poor Jews. Many of them did convert because they figured out that, you know, martyrs are dead. And they can't continue the fight. But, I don't know, I guess it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's not so much that you've got to stand up for your religion. No, you can hide that, be quiet about that, I ain't got no problem with that. But the whole pretending to do another, again, unless it's out, out of force, unless you're being forced to do it. I don't get it. And for those that have really bought in, which, you know, you see in the the uh, African-American Baptist black church community, it's, I mean, they're true believers, much more true believers than most white Christians I know. And that's what's ironic is here's people that have had the worst done to them in the name of Christianity. And they're the biggest believers, supporters, and the loudest ones about it. I suppose maybe I shouldn't be quite so surprised. I mean, let's face it, some, in most cases, the 
converts are the most zealous because they feel like they got the most to prove. And they are the ones that generally are the most judged by those who were born into it. Trust me. I remember having to deal with that in the Mormon religion. My parents were converts. I was the child of converts. And so <laughs> that was, we weren't good enough. Believe me, that snobbery exists even in a religion that's only 100 years old. Or 140, 150 years old, whatever it is. Maybe 175 now. The Mormons, i.e. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Joseph Smith's Band of Merry Travelers. <laughs> yeah, my parents joined that church when I was five years old. So I know, I knew more about it than most anybody because I sat through all the damn discussions with my parents. I went through all the classes with my parents as a four- and five-year-old. Well, they didn't drop me off the babysitter to go talk church. I had to sit there with them. So I had a, you know, I still have a great knowledge of the religion, and I guess that's part of the reason why I'm so skeptical of it now, because I didn't just buy in. And luckily enough, I'd had six years of my, or five years of my parents not being churchy and being around people that weren't churchy and being in houses that Harley Davidson, that had Harley Davidsons in the front room because that's where they belonged. And that was normal, and there wasn't anything to look up at. And go, why did you do that, you know? So... I was, and I guess, like I said, I hit 16, and Dad told me, you're 16 years old, you can make a choice, it's up to you whether you're going to church. And I looked at him and I said, sweet, the Raiders are playing today, see you after church, Pop. My dad looked at my mom and said, shit, I'm staying home too. <laughs> Haven't been back to church on a Sunday, well, I think there were two weeks where I used, yes, I used the church to get off post in basic training. <laughs> it was kind of nice. Once my buddies found out the deal, I ended up having to take four and five friends to Mormon services every Sunday. But that's a whole nother story. Like I said, it's insane. The adherence, the, the zealotness that you find amongst the formerly and, and currently oppressed. And it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe somebody can explain it. I don't know. Maybe you can. This is the wild and woolly wordsmith stepping away today.